People, ils ont posé, ils ont tout le monde. For the podcast. Let me take a minute before you smell my breath on the podcast. What's your thoughts on sex dolls? Because they're starting to uh, elevate. They're starting to get better at these uh, sex dolls. Yeah, Some of these guys I... are saying, um, I- I'd rather have one because they don't talk back. <laughs> I don't got to deal with a girl personality. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's their personality, I probably wouldn't want them either. So a sex doll yeah. is good for them, right? <laughs> Can you ever allowed to like what that. they like? Yeah, I've seen the ones with the cool robot heads, but they look good and kind of real. They'll get better and better. And you can yes. like choose one of like five or 10 personalities like coy or flirty or demure or like whatever i don't know i think it's badass why not <laughs> yeah they're getting better yeah um, yeah back at it again it's the photoculture podcast i have my co-host money mitch and today we have a legend in the building sherry how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> yes. Thank you. So, um, yeah, sorry for the um, difficulties we had going on here. But um, that's I corona quarantine for you. Nothing's ever yeah. smooth, is it? <laughs> yeah, everything's virtual right now. So it's very, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, how did you adapt to everything now that everything is virtual and this whole corona thing? Well, I have to say, thank goodness for the internet, because if this were the 1990s and I was trying to make a living off of porn, I would be in big trouble. But, you know, with the ability to transition from shooting on set, you know, pre-virus to really focusing more on my clip stores and my Snapchat and my OnlyFans and my website and all those things that can be purchased online, um, while it was a bit of a like mental you know, gear shifting. It was considering most people's jobs, it was an easy transition. You know, I, I feel blessed to be able to do that at all. A lot of people didn't have that opportunity. They work places where they couldn't go online and they're just in big trouble. I agree. Some people got laid off. Well, not some people, a lot of people got laid off. <laughs> yeah. It's been devastating. All right. So, um, well now it's, uh, Going towards the end of the year, we have Christmas to look forward to. And we actually have a new president now, too. Thank God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, well, yeah. yes, indeed. <laughs> and he's uh, still trying to uh, show proof that there was uh, corruption in the voting polls. Oh, the you mean Trump? Yeah, yes. I don't know. You know, I don't have my pulse on everything, but that just seems crazy. He just looks like a cranky toddler to me right now. So you will see how it all pans out. But <laughs> yeah, I was just telling my parents the other day, I was like, don't be surprised. He's the type to fight to for, for you don't have to force him to get out of the White House. You know, that's what a bunch of my friends are thinking, too. Like just from his personality, he just doesn't seem to want to go down without causing, you know, this big thing without trying to mobilize his followers without you know putting out all this inaccurate information um i'm not really sure what his goal is but i think you're right he's not he's not gonna just concede (laughs) and walk out you know and shake hands and you know (laughs) and i think that's a lot of reason why a lot of people actually like gravitate towards him because he's the first president just don't give a like he don't give like that's true i think his you know, we're used to a more presidential, if you will, attitude with that 
you know, high level of professionalism. And he is the first president to be so casual, you know, if you will. He uses social media platforms in a casual manner, which is pretty unprecedented. He, you know, says things that other presidents certainly wouldn't have said. So I think, you know, for whatever reason, a certain amount of, you know, our, our United States population really gravitates towards that type of personality or charisma or whatever you want to call that. <laughs> I agree. What you was going to say, Clark? No, no, I was going to say, I see a lot of the Trump supporters still out there. Like literally yesterday, there were a ton of them on the intersection. I was like, what is going on? Did they not see the news? Like, you know, but well, isn't that just the thing? Yeah. He's mobilized his supporters to not believe the news and to not believe science and to not, you know, I don't know how, but to, to not, you know, engage in those things that we've always trusted. So basically whatever he wants to say whatever he wants to say is going to become canon for a certain percent of those people. I agree. I That's agree. Good, good point. Yeah. So uh, let's guys, let's get into your little story, your story. Um, let's skip this politics for a while. Yeah, you're like, skip it. Yeah, no, I feel you. It's everyone is <laughs> like, it's like all you can talk about, but at the same time, like we've, we've all like exhausted it. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a TV show. You're just waiting to see what's the next episode. Yeah, like, yeah, even a bad soap opera where you can watch for a few months and then come back two years later and you're like, they're still doing the same shit? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, I wanted to start from where you are, where, where are you from? So give give our viewers a background information about you. And this is, since this is your first time on the podcast, let's start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. Well, I spent... I was born in North Carolina, but I only lived there till I was three. So I really grew up uh, in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. and Cape Cod, Massachusetts. I kind of went back and forth winter and summer through my childhood and just until I went away to college, basically. Um, then I went to University of Hartford and University of St. Augustine. I worked as a physical therapist for many years. And then I started doing like a little bit of nude modeling on the weekends for extra money, you know? And I thought it was so, you know, clandestine and like naughty. And I had so much fun with it. And then shock, total shock to me, a headhunter for my current agency, which is OC Modeling, found I think some of my pictures in a, um, like a motorcycle magazine spread and asked if I wanted to do porn. And I'm like, what? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness like i was just what was your I reaction was, like were you I was flattered and i was floored because i mean we all watch porn right but it seemed at least to me maybe i was naive this like very far away thing that happened i don't know somewhere in like the valley in california like this like club that i have no idea how to get into who to talk to you know it just seemed very uh, very out of reach. Um, so when I got offered that, my actual first impulse is like, I couldn't possibly do this as a career, but I also like can't look back on my life and not have done it. Like I can't like be 80 and like, oh, shucks. <laughs> I could have, you know, traveled the world and done porn and had sex with all these beautiful people. I couldn't look back and have that be a regret. So my assumption, honestly, was I'd go 
to LA, you know, I'd fly to LA and take the week's booking my agency had promised me and then like go home with these DVDs and be like, look what Nana did, like when I'm 80, you know what I mean? And that was it. Like, I just thought it would be this funny story, almost this beautiful experience, but I liked it. I liked it more than I thought I would. I liked the people. I love my agent. And so like in a couple months, I went back for a week. And then again, and then I was like in LA one week a month. And then I was in LA two weeks a month. And I'm like, you know what? This is getting ridiculous. I'm just going to move. And I did. I was living in Nashville at the time, but I moved from Nashville to LA like seven years. I've been in the industry 10 years. So I was probably like seven, eight years ago that I moved here and like got real serious, you know, made it instead of just like a lark to do once in a while a career, you know? Yeah. I wasn't growing up in Nashville because I never been in Nashville. So like, how is it going growing up? In well, Nashville? I only lived in Nashville. I really grew up outside of DC. I only lived in Nashville about five years, but in the city, mm -hmm. it gets rural really fast, <laughs> but in the city, it's cool. You know, it has the culture, it has fun stuff. It has nice people, but you know, unlike, you know, LA, which just seems to go on forever. Nashville is like a really cool city. And then like, absolutely nothing very quickly <laughs> yeah 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 i've been there i've been to pigeon forge and you know the smoky mountains it's pretty cool up there it's i heard it's beautiful yeah it's amazing it's like a whole different world you're like whoa it's like yeah. Yeah. especially having grown up in cities my whole life just seeing anything without a million people to me is is still kind of impressive i'm like people live like this there's a house there and then three miles away there's another house you know yeah that's crazy <laughs> down, yonder. down yonder yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it fun to visit i i couldn't live in that vibe but it's definitely fun to visit <laughs> yeah okay and um your dad was a marine biologist scientist correct mm -hmm. or yeah 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 yep 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 so how was that like uh the uh like i never met anyone who was a marine biologist scientist before it's it's fun actually because I got to visit the lab and play with stuff and I remember when I was really little um do you know what liquid nitrogen is so yes. it's, it's nitrogen just turned into a liquid in order to do that you have to make it really 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 cold it has to be really cold to be in its liquid state so I was allowed to like take like these five certain objects and put them in the liquid nitrogen and then see what happened right so I did that, you know, I put my little objects in and then I'm like, okay, well, that was fun. And now I'm looking around the lab for like other objects and I get, no one's watching me. I don't know why. So I get this pair of scissors <laughs> and I put it in and I click it on the side and it shatters. So I'm getting oh. other objects. Oh, I was in so much trouble. Cause like every single one of those things was like really expensive oh, wow. <laughs> and I broke them all, but you know, overall it was a fun way to grow up. I got to, you know, learn a lot of things and really experience, uh, you know, a whole side of academia that I wouldn't have gotten to otherwise, for sure. Okay. Yeah, it looks like you got A plus in science class, huh? I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I didn't know you was married to a magician. Uh, that was a long time ago. Time ago, <laughs> so yes. I'm, I'm married. Oh, I'm, I'm divorced now. But I was, I was married for a minute. Yeah. Good guy. I just didn't, we went our didn't separate ways. Okay. Any kids, anything <laughs> like that happen or no? No, I'm a fake MILF. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I'm, I'm old, I guess, for porn, you know, they start calling you a MILF around 30 something. Um, but I guess technically the acronym would be mom. I'd like to fuck. And I only, unless like dog babies count, I have several fur babies, but no actual children. No. Okay. Yeah. I thought you had some kids because, uh, that's what I used to have a thing for MILFs. I don't know. Back in the days, like when I was a teenager, I just, <laughs> I, I, I just loved all the women. I just didn't know why. I don't know why I was attracted to them, but it was just, we know thing. what we're doing. Unlike, you know, the, uh, the, you're the girls your age who are like, what's happening? You know? <laughs> you know, like, they're like, oh, they just sit there like, you know, like, what the heck? Yeah, so you want like, like a cougar to snap you up. <laughs> well, that too. And I spoke to an older guy before and he was telling me uh, another reason why is because when you're dealing with younger women, they expect too much and they want too much. It's like you're kind of like babying them. When you're dealing with an older woman, she already got her stuff handled, everything situated. So you're not doing too much of what the younger women are expecting or want you to do. That's probably true. Most, you know, as you get older, your your career is set. You have your house. You have all the items that you need. You're not looking for anyone to take care of you. You're just looking for someone to have fun with, to have sex with, to have a relationship with. You don't need all the other, you know, things that you do hear a lot of younger women talking about, like like good guy is like 12th on their list of like job, this, that, whatever. Like, and I feel uh, like it's flipped for the older woman. They've got all the stuff. They just want, you know, fun. good yeah. guy, you know, compassionate, good in bed, you know, like actual human qualities <laughs> instead of stuff. <laughs> At this time in your life, what, what are your lists? Like, what do you, what do you want? Like, what are you looking to, into a guy? Well, you know, it's changed after adult film because there is such a big stigma around it. So the top of the list is cool with my job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's a big factor. A lot cool of people, with your yeah. Job at first. Yeah. Everyone's very cool with your job at first until they catch feelings. And they're like, how about you quit your job for me? Which is like <laughs> crazy if you think of any other career. Like if you were a doctor or a journalist or a podcaster and every time you started dating someone two months in they're like how about you quit your job you're like but it's my it's my it's my job i don't even know you so cool with your job um and then just like a basically good human trustworthy honest kind fun to be with similar interests you know someone who you can genuinely spend the weekend with and just vibe with and have a great time and yeah it's it's yeah. those more basic like human needs that become important when you have all your other needs covered i think yeah it's like the like these days it's the basic things are more rare too you know these days yeah. it's like yeah it's crazy <laughs> yeah kindness Bro. empathy you know these qualities that are just foundational yeah yeah Holding the door. Good luck with that nowadays. Right? <laughs> I'm older too. I'm 42. So like that's how it was done when I was younger. But like the whole new generation, like some younger women even find that like offensive, which maybe it's my generation, but I'm still like, yeah, you can hold the door for me. That's very nice. You know? <laughs> yeah, you don't look 42. You look great. You look well, great. thank you. Yeah, Where's you that look, shirt? Oh, matter of fact, the shirt I meant to ask you is that the from Five Below? I, it's I saw a one Duran Duran shirt. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. It looks just like that's okay. Yeah. That has legendary on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, that's cool. 
<laughs> My bad. I know it was random. It was random, but I saw it. It is a random tiger. shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I have one. It looks just like that, but it, has, it says legendary and it has a tiger and it has like the Japanese like. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Hell yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, before you got into porn, you used to be or you used to go swinging and BDSM clubs and uh, find chicks on Craigslist. Um, well, the swingers clubs, definitely. So I used to do a lot of uh, especially during the stint where I was in Nashville, I used to go to swingers clubs all the time. Obviously, now that I'm in porn, we test so much we really kind of have to look out for each other so oh, okay. most people in the industry i mean i certainly can't speak for everyone there are tons of people in porn but we're a little more conscientious like i wouldn't now go to a swingers club just because of course there's an std risk which even though we test a lot i could pass on to my coworkers. but it was a good time while it lasted <laughs> you know i actually i go ahead Claire, go ahead I was gonna ask, like, okay, so have you ever gone to one of the like the swingers clubs and you you walk in and everyone's like, whoa, that's Sherry Deville, like, you know, like that. It was before I was Sherry. Well, yeah, it was before oh, she got oh, into oh, porn. Sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't been to one since. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I know, isn't that the irony? There, it's like my whole life calmed down once I got into porn. It's before porn <laughs> that it was wild. <laughs> And the other thing, like, like how I know they're gonna we're gonna get into this anyway, but how often do you film? Is that like how I always wondered that, like how crazy everybody is, the... is completely different. You know, we all kind of set our own schedules. Um, so for me, before the pandemic, I was shooting at least five days a week, which is a wow. lot. I yeah. don't think a lot of other performers have even the opportunity to do that. So I felt always very lucky, you know, to have a, a, you know, to be pretty in demand and to be able to fill my schedule like that. Yeah. Wow, that's really, wow. Yeah, I know, it's <laughs> a lot, pretty, it really is. Yeah, that's the That's bankroll though, that's yeah. bankroll. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, yeah. we're in like uh, an, an art form that's based on, you know, many things, but looks is definitely one of the things and for women, even in the MILF category, you know, there's a cap. There's a time when you're going to sort of age out of an aesthetic art. So for me, like a lot of athletes, like you're not going to play professional baseball till you're 70. It's just your body can't do it. So you have to save the amount of money you make in your shorter career and make it last, you know, as if your career lasted a lifetime. So those of us who are sort of savvy, realize that even a 10-year career is extremely long and you should try and you know bank in those you know three five ten fifteen years uh, you know a real lifetime's worth of money because it's very you, hard to get a job afterwards the stigma is pretty significant yeah i was I, I would think so too but like yeah. like i see i've noticed like as far as what i when i do my research like some, a lot of, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but uh, most of the porn stars, they do like recruiting and also like producing. Is that something that you looked into? Sure. Like so if, if you want to transition, that's really the only, not the only job. Like if you want to work for yourself, of course you can, but there are very few companies who are going to hire you once you've done porn, but you can transition into some of the other jobs that are still within porn, whether that's being in production management. Mm -hmm. um, some stars have gone on to do makeup, directing, photography, um, 
owning an agency, things like that. Wow. Yeah. See, there's, there's so many avenues. Cause I always wonder like how many avenues are after that? Cause you know, a lot of people are like, you know, they see you and then they just only look at you. I can only imagine, but they look at you at only a certain way. And then you got the guys and how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with the guys and they see you, they may not recognize you, but the ones that do like, how do you, Everyone that's recognized me in public has been super nice about it. Um, The only exceptions have been um, like if I'm just like in regular public and someone's like, oh, hey, everyone's been really cool. The only exception is at conventions. I don't know if it's the atmosphere or if people have different expectations of why you're there. But I've had people like not even say, hi, Sheree. They'll just come over and like grab me without introducing themselves and be like, oh my God, take a picture of me. And I'm like, hi, I'm Sheree. Nice to, what is even happening here? Like I'm a whole person. What are you doing? I'm not like a roadside attraction. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They probably have a sort of image in their head already like made up before they even come see you because they see you on the screen and they're like, okay. Right. All it takes is you knock on her door and next second the dick's oh, in the mouth. You know what I mean? But actually, um, I won't say the star it happened to, but someone found where she lived and did oh, just wow. that. They, I don't wow. think they meant any malice by it, but obviously it's wow. scary for a woman that lives alone. They did. They knocked on her door and we're like, great, suck my dick. And she's like, holy shit, I'm calling the cops because wow. that's... In reality, it's terrifying, you know, to have yeah. a fucking stranger at your house. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. All the cops on that one. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, but of course, in the movies, that happens with a very different result. So while oh, I can kind of see yeah. where the confusion lies, like our movies, while fun, are are a fantasy. Like any Netflix documentary or any, you know, or not documentary, but any Netflix show or any movie mm-hmm. or you know, it's, we're also acting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I actually want to bring that environment up. environment and everybody's tested and nobody's out there like sucking dick on the street corner, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring that up because before um, we did this interview, I was watching one of your, uh, I think it was, uh, it was called Vibrating Panties, Hot and Wet. Nice. I don't know all the names. It was a YouTube video. Uh, you had a stepdaughter and I think a husband and you guys are eating dinner and you just came out the shower or something like that. She gave, she bought you um, panties and then you put on the panties and then it starts vibrating while you guys are having a conversation. Funny. That's yeah. I've done so many stepmom movies. I honestly, they all kind of like blur together a little bit in my mind after 10 years, but that sounds very good. That sounds like a, a good stepmom movie. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm like, dang, is she acting or is this actual vibrating? I was like, she's a good actor. It was probably just acting because a lot of those vibrating panties sadly don't even work that well. I've, I've bought a multitude of pairs just to try like in real life. And like the panties have to be like really tight for it to like stay in place. And, you know, it's a whole situation. Oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. So dang, those actually don't work. Okay. Some good tips. You okay. That like I'm sure there are brands that work. I just haven't found like a super effective brand yet. Okay. All right. I'm on and, the um, hunt. If anyone has any real life experience with vibrating panties that work, send them my way. <laughs> let, let us know. Let us know. Let us know. <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, I wanted to ask you this too. Uh, uh, what did your parents think about when they saw or heard that you was in porn? Well, I told them first because oh, that okay. seems like the right thing to do because I don't care how cool your parents are. That's pretty, it's a real outside the box kind of profession. Um, but you know what? I was grown. I was already in my mid thirties. So like, I don't know. What are you going to do? Grown. I was a full grown ass adult. <laughs> what were their reaction? Uh, definitely surprised, but over time and with conversations, you know, at the end of the day, they love me. I love them. We get along well. They're my family. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Cause, um, I can only imagine me telling my parents, <laughs> Hey dad, Bob. Yeah. Right. Um, I think I'm changing my major or I'm, I'm changing my field of business. Um, I'm going into the porn industry. But what if you were like 34? True. Yeah, you you know what that I mean? point, like, yeah. If I was 18, they would have lost their, their fucking minds. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> Let me right, tell you right, right you're now. Right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so I think it changes. Like I had already had a long and successful career. I obviously had a good head on my shoulders. I was, you know, stable homeowner. Like I was okay. You know what I mean? I wasn't yeah. just like going off the deep end and some crazy whatever, you know? Okay, so you were 34 when you joined the porn industry. I think I was 33, but yeah. I'd have to think about that for a second. But yeah, grown. Fully grown. Grown. <laughs> yeah, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, what are some pros and cons to working in the industry, for your, in your opinion? Um, pros, it's super fun. You get to be your own boss. You get to set your own schedule. You get to have sex with like the most beautiful people in the world that are also really good at sex. Um, the pay is amazing. If you work hard and you are willing to build a brand for yourself, uh, the cons I would say is just the social perception. You know, the people making a lot of assumptions, they think you do drugs or you're irresponsible or, you know, a hundred other things. When in reality, those people that enter the porn business probably aren't going to be that successful because they'll be late for set and never get booked again or not show up and never get booked again or be high on set and never get booked again. Or, you know, so it really takes all the same skills that any other job takes to be truly successful. And at the end of the day, the people with a good head on their shoulders and a good work ethic and all of those totally normal work skills are the ones that are the most successful, especially now that we're all able to build our own platforms and monetize our own content. You know, those organizational skills and the skills it takes to be truly consistent play more of a role even than beauty and sometimes sexual performance because if you buy a subscription to one of my sites, you know that forever you're going to get what I say you're going to get. I'm not going to like, oh, I had a bad day, so I'm just not going to update it. You know what I mean? Like if you yeah. had Netflix and it just went dead every time yeah. someone was in a mood, you'd be like, cancel. So yeah. that just consistency and professionality actually sets you above everybody pretty quickly. So those, I'd say, are the main skills you need. That's pretty cool. It, like, I have a question. Like, it's more of a personal thing, but like, but it has to do with the industry. Yeah. So, how do you 
prepare for set like and especially like with with guys that are you know yeah more on the you know the unaverage i got so it just, so you know, how do you you know i'd say it depends on the scene like for every scene obviously you know i'm gonna really get like super fucking clean I douche. If it's an anal scene, I starve myself for a full day. I oh clean out God. everything thoroughly because I want everything to be like hygienic and spotless and fantastic. And if, like you say, they've got a big dick uh, for my butt, <laughs> I actually have a, a dilator kit of, of little like butt plug inserts. And the night before and then the morning of, I'll make sure I'll like oh, look wow. at pictures, talk to wow. friends, get some idea of what's really happening down there, and then choose a coming prepared. I have to get to. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen a that. friend, you know. Listen, how big is it, girl? Seriously. Uh, <laughs> that you know, that's wow. that's cool. That's interesting. That's interesting. Like it's that's different. I never knew that. Yeah, well, and then right that, before you shoot, you know, you brush your teeth, you mouthwash, you get everything like super fresh and clean, make sure there's your butthole looks good, make sure everything's good <laughs> and then go to set. I got you. Yeah, that that's that's interesting. I, I always wondered that. I'm like, how do you prepare, you know, for going up before you get on set? And like especially like the the anal scenes like if do you eat or do you not eat? And I wondered that too and that's, that's, Everybody's that's body is different, but the standard just cuz you obviously can't show and, I mean, in real life, there could be a little this or that that happens. But in the movies, it has to be perfect for a variety mm. of reasons, including like, what if you're on a white couch or a bed or a sheet? Like, it has to be perfect. So most people fast and then really thoroughly clean out. Yeah. Wow. What's the worst thing that ever happened to you in the set where you was like, I can't believe this happened? Uh, probably the most embarrassing thing that, and it's totally my fault. I don't know even what happened is I was on this long feature. So a feature is a movie that has sex and a massive script. So you have lots of time spent in dialogue, way more time spent in dialogue than on sex. So it's like two o'clock in the morning. I don't know why, I guess, you know, things hadn't been going as smoothly as they could. And we were on our last dialogue scene. So of course I'm in full, like, way more than this, like professional hair and makeup. You got lighting people, sound guys, the director, script manager, me, my talent. It's a room full of people. Everyone's exhausted and we're about to wrap. So it's me, I have this martini glass. I have to say a line and throw my martini water, water, martini onto Ryan McLean's face. That's it, the end of the movie. I got it, I'm yelling, I say my line. I toss it, it's like a scooped glass. I'm not fucking shitting you. The water goes Oh, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. I had to go back in hair. I had to go back in makeup. It is two o'clock in the morning and everyone's trying to pretend they're not mad at all at me. Oh, it happened. Don't worry about it, Sheree. It's fine. And in the meantime, I'm sure they're like, what was she Don't thinking? worry about it. It happens all the time. It happened all the time. Don't worry about it. It doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> and then they're on the side like this. I, I thought I was going to actually like die of embarrassment. Like if I could have just melted into a puddle in the martini glass and disappeared, that would have been my preference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that sucks, yo. <laughs> that was, uh, Do you wow. watch your own scenes 
after they're done or? I only watch the dialogue part because I feel like I can constructively give myself criticism on the acting. But my concern or no, I know myself. If I were to watch the sex part, I would critique it like a vain, like the inner vanity would come out in me and be like, don't make that face. Why does your stomach look like that? You should be arching your back more like and I don't want my sexual performances to become contrived. I don't want to be like thinking about how I look while I'm on camera having sex. So if I, I feel like if I were to watch them, I would start being like, don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that. And it would become really like artificial and porny and the things that I don't want. Okay, so yeah, you could take yourself. I could take wow. myself like that too. Yeah. Um, how have uh, coronavirus affected the industry? Like, uh, like is people like like still having scenes during this time during these times, or what was it like this in the beginning when we first found out about coronavirus? Um, for a while, we were completely shut down, and then when the mainstream acting started back up again, we kind of took a nod from them and started doing twenty-four hour coronavirus testing before every scene. So basically the most you could work, even if you wanted to, was every other day because you test, let it come back, shoot, test, let it come back, shoot. And everyone on set is tested and they're doing super limited crews when they wow. are shooting. So it's really different. Um, and I'm sure lots of people still aren't shooting at all, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring this to, I wanted to like, pick your brain on these thoughts. Um, so we had an interview with uh, Benji. Um, he's with a, a organization where he's trying to shut down Pornhub because mm -hmm. of uh, saying sex traffic with children being on there and the children videos up there. And once they get out of sex traffic, uh, they're traumatized forever because that can't get taken down. So in your experience, have like, do you know anything of anything like that happening? And uh, what are your thoughts on him trying to shut down Pornhub? Well, if if I were to be concerned, so let's just say child pornography and or sex trafficking and or revenge porn and any kind of porn that shouldn't be on the web. So mm. there are hundreds of tube sites. And to my knowledge, Pornhub is actually one of the only ones that has full-time staff combing constantly combing to try and find it. They have systems in place where you can report it and get it taken down. Most tube sites are from other countries. They don't give a fuck. They'll let anything go up wow. there. So while a lot of people in the business might have mixed feelings about for Pornhub's origin in that, you know, in the very beginning, it was almost exclusively stolen content. Now through a variety of different ownerships, they're actually um, taking that really fucking seriously as they should. They're taking any underage scenes really seriously. They're now mandating that you upload paperwork with all of your scenes, which I think is amazing. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. 2257's age verification. Because even if like I had sex with someone down the street and secretly filmed it and put it up on Pornhub, that's really fucking illegal. You know what I mean? Mm. That person did not give consent. So they're really taking um, not just illegal porn, horrifying illegal porn, like child pornography and sex trafficking seriously. They're taking all porn where one of the members did not consent to it being filmed very seriously, which I 
appreciate. But that cannot be said for a lot of the tube sites, you know, that are almost for stuff like that hosted in countries that don't give a fuck. You know, you can't, you know, because I have a team of people personally that I pay to help me get content of mine that's been stolen, taken down. And it's very easy to work with Pornhub when someone steals it, they find it quickly, they remove it. But a lot of the other tube sites, they're like, too bad. We have your whole catalog. What are you going to do about it? And you're like, nothing, I guess, (laughs) you know? They don't, well, I'm surprised they don't do like cease and desist, you know? Like You can, but that's an American law, isn't it? Oh, the Amer- that would okay. be a law like with participating countries that have ethics and morals. That certainly does not apply to everywhere in the world. And people make okay. sure they're hosting their illegal content in appropriate areas. You know, that makes sense because in some areas, it's okay to do that. In some areas, you're getting well, married. They just aren't going to go to jail. Like they, the yeah, countries that. have so many other problems. They're not looking at their internet issues. You know. Uh, yeah. True. Yeah, that was my whole thing about it. Like, how do you control it? But it sounds like Pornhub is trying to control it, and people are attacking them. But it's like, what can they're they? They're attacking yeah, how- them because they're the biggest tube site. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if they went down, everyone else would still be up. I mean. Even if right now you do a quick Google search for porn tube sites, you're going to find a lot of them. Or even like just type in stolen OnlyFans, you're going to find platforms that are housing content of everyone you can imagine that we can't touch because they're housed in places that American laws can't touch. Well, yeah, I heard about that, like with uh, Reddit, especially like with Reddit, like um, a lot of them were getting leaked and. Um, like OnlyFans and everything. It was crazy. It's yeah. a major bummer because we put our heart and souls into our content, just like musicians and other artists and people who make other kinds of movies. It's like the laws of online. It's like still the wild, wild west online. You know, you can't steal from a store. You know, everyone's like, well, that's wrong, but I'm going to pirate these movies and these porn scenes and I'm not stealing. But I mean, you are. someone made that and put money into it and time into it and love into it and talent and whatever yeah i guess i i guess i could see it from both ways i could see why people would target pornhub because if they target pornhub they make an example out of them maybe some maybe the other people around them would slow down well you can take down pornhub because they follow american laws but you probably Mm -hmm. couldn't take down the other people and like for pornhub when you watch my stuff for free i get paid I get paid per view. We all do. So it's actually become, it went from. It's like streaming. It's like, it's like Spotify for us now in a way. So, so it's one of the very few that gives us residuals, pays us per view, takes down pirated content, cares about, certainly cares about anything that's illegal in any sense. Yeah. But, but you're right. A lot of the tube sites don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's, I mean, for what you, you know, for what anybody does, it's good to have like residuals and like royalties and cause it's like YouTube, but it's Pornhub. So like, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. You still get, and that's, I think even bigger business than YouTube, to be honest, because they you have know, a lot of eyeballs and, and, you know, for our regular scenes, we don't get residuals. So it's only on the streaming type platforms or in content that we own ourselves that we get residuals. So it's, it's been okay. good for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Do you think that is true that people who are against porn are usually the one watching porn the most? Oh God, that's an interesting psychological study, isn't it? You know, it's like, I mean, this is totally anecdotal. I have no evidence to back this up whatsoever, but like, it feels like that. Just like people who bash a certain sexual orientation, like a lot, like make it their whole life. It's like, Mm -hmm. come on, you made this your whole life. Like, yeah. I feel like there's something going on in here that you might want to deal with, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah just... I think people who are so incredibly against porn, there's got to be something else that they probably need to sort out, whether it's a bizarre shame regarding expression of sexuality, uh, the beauty that is sex, um, whether it's shame that they're watching it a lot i feel like there's some sort of there's it feels like there's got to be some sort of internal motivation for that much hate in something that really shouldn't concern them at all just don't watch it you know exactly. <laughs> yeah um i agree with uh with certain like aspects of it like we shouldn't have people who have not consent to have their videos up there and have underage girls uh, videos being up there either and that whole sex traffic thing i feel like that's a whole that's a whole different type of like topic kind of really to even address in this world because that that whole subject is just crazy just how what's that's going on through the yeah yeah i but those people are are truly evil and they all need to be in jail you know i don't it is interesting though that the world of legal ethical consensual pornography creation and the completely separate illegal world of people stealing children and sex trafficking and kidnapping women somehow are being seen as similar. I mean, I personally have never known of anyone in the type of porn that I shoot with the top companies that ever has said that they were, you know, stolen or manipulated or, you know, but it does happen. It just thank God is a totally separate world. And you're right. It needs to be, I have no idea what the solution is there, but fuck, that's a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. We actually just had a porn star on, um, I forgot her name. What was her name again? Um, Clark, Natasha, I think. Yeah. Natasha. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. She's a transgender porn star. I'd have to, Oh, Natasha dreams. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I am. I mean, not like I don't know her personally, but I admire her work. Yeah. Yeah. She was. Uh. She was good. She was good. She uh informed a lot of people about like the whole transgender thing that's going on, and um, one thing we talked about is well, Clark brought up was uh she was talking about how she would uh get harassed in Brook in Brooklyn a lot, and then after the, like her other like the guys' friends were not around, they would try to holler at her after. Absolutely. You're right. It's like it comes from some weird. It's like they're fighting with themselves, not her. But she's bearing the brunt of their internal conflict, which is why I think it's so fucking scary. I mean, you look at the rates of violence against transgendered women and it's really, really upsetting. There was um, an Instagram live video that I actually retweeted for Natasia, where one of her friends was publicly in L.A., with two other girls being hurt and verbally harassed on Instagram live. And the guys didn't even end up in jail. Like, yeah, it's really, really not okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
like that when I see that, like somebody harassing them, I feel like they I feel like they like them, you know? Like deep right, down, but at the same time, look at the death rate. I mean, I agree with you. They're dealing with inner conflict, but it's like, conflict. don't put it on her. Deal with exactly. it at your therapist. Fuck, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, hey, I, I never, I don't get that. And like the people like we were talking about, um, how that came up was when I was talking to her about it, like how, you know, you'll see some people that are super against something, like you said, Sherry. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up being that like the total opposite because there was one it, you remember uh rose when we were when, when i was talking about was i think it was an uh, alabama governor or he was running for governor he was a mayor and yeah i remember that yeah and they caught him because he was against gay marriage and get it they caught him with his with his um uh assistant personal assistant See? somebody opened the door on him in the office See? <laughs> he was dealing he was trying to publicly deal with his own inner turmoil yeah, and if you look it up, you can you'll find. I think it's Alabama or it's one I of them. Feel I feel like that's like, happened. Like it's happened so many times that it's almost a cliche, and I completely believe you. I'm sure there's like mm-hmm. a list of political figures who have been against gay <laughs> this or trans that, who the moment you look are into that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, how important are agents in the sex industry? Because there are a lot of girls that don't have an agent. Yeah, you definitely don't need an agent. It's like a helper. Like some of, it's like almost like delegating tasks. You know, for me, I really appreciate my agent because they vet everybody for me. They know who's safe to work with. They handle all the logistics and the back and forth and the emails because they know who I'll work with, who I won't work with what sexual acts I'll do, which ones I won't do. They haggle for my rate in a way that's a little more aggressive than I could be just because of my personality. So for me, it saves me a lot of time, energy, and probably ends up making me more money in the end. But if you're a savvy business person and you're willing to, you know, put that time in to vet people, to make sure they're safe, to make sure they're legitimate, to make sure that's actually their email address, to do the emails, to do the back and forth, to do the phone calls and be super on your game. You, you don't need an agent, you know, but I like one. <laughs> well, if you need a backup one, let me know. I'll be your agent. You'll hustle for me hard, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. You make more money, I make money. That's how it works. That's right. See? <laughs> <laughs> um. So I know the topic I wanted to bring up. Um, What's your thoughts on sex dolls? Because they're starting to uh, elevate. They're starting to get better at these uh, sex dolls. Yeah, Some of these guys I, are saying, um, I, I'd rather have one because they don't talk back. <laughs> I don't got to deal with a girl personality. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's their personality, I probably wouldn't want them either. So a sex doll yeah. is good for them, right? <laughs> the I mean, everyone's allowed to like what that. they like. Yeah, I've seen the ones with the cool robot heads, but they look good and kind of real. They'll get better and better. And you can yes. like choose one of like five or ten personalities like coy or flirty or demure or like whatever i don't know i think it's badass why not <laughs> yeah they're getting better <laughs> yeah um, yeah you ever uh, bought one because they're expensive too they can be thousands of dollars right yeah um, my friend asa akira has one and it looks just like her she did a oh, photo shoot with it and it's really cool <laughs> i was wow. i think I- 
I was watching a video on that, like how they have uh, some that that are made right after the porns, like the adult film stars. Totally like, look like them. Like totally I was, do. I was watching. I think it was like a documentary or something like that. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I do think the, do those cool. uh, do the porn stars get a cut out of that, or they just make them like? Oh yeah, just like um, you know, some of us like I have a Doc Johnson toy called Milf in a Box, and another mm -hmm. one that's a stroker, and then a lot of my friends have like Fleshlight. I'm sure you've heard of that. So every yeah. time a unit or a sex doll like Asa's, every time a unit or an item sells, you got a cut. Wow, okay. a lot so, of yeah, you guys can make. Yeah, there's a lot of avenues for you guys, and since you guys are acting half of the time. Uh, what what are your thoughts on like joining movies or have you been in a the movie? There's still quite a bit of stigma about that crossover. Um, I even know makeup artists who work predominantly on porn sets use different names or lie about their past work because they won't even a makeup artist or a photographer won't get hired on a mainstream set for the wow. most part once they've done porn. Um, wow. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I mean, I've had a lot of roles as extras and stuff like that, but it's usually still as a sex worker. Like, like I was on Westworld naked and painted gold. Like, you know, uh, my friend Danny Daniels on Dexter as a stripper, you know what sure. I mean? So like, even when we do get these roles, we're playing a pornographer, a naked person, a stripper, an escort, not exclusively, but for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, there's a. Uh, there's boy, another stigma too. My, my bad, Clark. There's another stigma no, that right. I didn't know about that sex workers they can't get tax breaks or small business loans <clears throat> either. Um, I don't know about all of the different things, but I do know that when the um, uh, the coronavirus stimulus package or whatever you want to call it was, they had a special clause, and I always say this word wrong. Pure purulent or purient or like anyway it just means naughty like bad porn so the business loan the quarantine stimulus was specifically not for us wow. and i had my friend vicky got her bank account taken away from her when they noticed a check from a company they recognized they said you can no longer bank with us wow um, paypal won't let us use their services uh wow. yeah a lot of things like that that's so uh, lucky for you, you had a real job. Well, you, this is you have a job, real job now, but in their eyes, in the system eyes, that's a good job. That when you was a therapist, so you had bought a house and everything like that. So for a porn star, just came into the industry. Like if I came in the industry right now, I wanted to buy a house or something like that. It would be hard for me to get a house. Well, it depends. Like like some banks, like the bank that I bank with, knows what I do for a living because I was very upfront because I didn't want what happened to Vicky to happen to me. So there are large bank chains that accept what we do as real work, but you it's ridiculous that you have to do your research before like being like, take my money, please take my money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not impossible. I'd say the only um, challenging part is just the challenge that any independent business owner faces. So when you're trying to get a loan with, w-2s it's easier than with 1099s but that's for any entertainer yeah okay that's and that's very similar to like the forex traders because the forex traders have the same thing if they say they're a trader they'll get kicked right off like like the bank will just close their account and send them whatever they made um yeah they'll just close the account so it's very similar 
very yeah. similar. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know about. I didn't. I didn't know that about Forex. Dang. Yeah, they have to put it under a different name. That of what they do, they can't really say that they're trading. Had to put it under a different name. But yeah, isn't that scary? I mean, you just yeah. Yeah, I make a lot why. of money because some some forex train uh, traders make a lot of money. So it's like, yeah, you'd think it's crazy. The banks would want their business because when you hold our money for us, you make money on it. You know, yeah. so the yeah. more business you have, the more money you make. I don't know, man. That's yeah. crazy. I, it's probably like uh, it's probably politics involved, though. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but everyone, even. You know, there's just so many jobs with like morality clauses and this, that, and whatever. A friend of mine went through all the schooling to become a nurse, worked as a nurse briefly, got recognized, got fired. Like it's, it's wow. fucking brutal out there. Yeah. yeah crazy. Wow. I, I have a, I have a question too, like about with the adult film industry, Sherry, and it's more like of interracial. So like, what happens with, because I saw something like, I don't know if I should mention her name, but she really doesn't do interracial at all. And a mm -hmm. lot of people wanted to see her do that, but she was saying how she doesn't want her fan base to dissipate. So how does that, how, how do you feel about that? Like with, did it, did it grow or did it like, what happened then? When I started Boy Girl, I was an equal opportunity cocksucker. <laughs> so <laughs> I never went through a transition where I, like, started. You know what I mean? So if people liked me, they just had to like me. You know what Didn't I mean? Didn't you start off with Girl on Girl Scenes, too, on top for of that? Years. Yeah. Yeah. For okay. yeah. three years, yeah. For three years, I was just Girl Girl. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I mm -hmm. do know, and this is true and very sad um some of my colleagues who've been working for like more than 20 years say back in the late 80s and early 90s um that you know how we feature dance like we go to different clubs and we get paid by the club to dance like that mm -hmm. that mm. there it is true that back then if you did work with a person of color there were clubs in the south that wouldn't book you wow how i didn't know fucked up is that i mean because that's, yeah, that's pretty fucking recently yeah wow yeah that's very recent yeah you that's, know what i mean that's yeah. pretty fucking recently that's wow yeah i didn't even know that that's crazy there's so yeah. much like on the inside that they don't like we don't even know that that what was going no, on just the fucked up shit that happens that you're like who do i even tell about this you know and again i haven't <laughs> been working that long but that's what i hear from my colleagues that have been in like you know 20 plus years yeah, I heard I heard stories about that. And it's crazy because when you think about racism, you're not thinking about it being in the porn star. You're thinking about other things like cops shooting other people. And when I was like, dang, when I heard the uh, porn star bring it up, I was like, wow, I like never in my life. I thought about it being in porn star. Like I wasn't even thinking about racism being in the in well, porn think industry. about it. Look at how especially a lot of black men are portrayed in not all pornography, but there are a lot of pretty fucked up stereotypes that get forwarded in porn, in my opinion. And when this whole, you know, this most recent push happened, you know, with 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 George Floyd, a lot of my peers got together and are talking to Pornhub, Avian, XBiz, and some of our, you know, people that are like really important in porn to try and just like change some of the terminology. Like a black woman, instead of, you know, being labeled as this or that, is called ebony. 
Like, yeah, Ebony seems to be. Yeah. That's not like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? And I wouldn't even have thought of a lot of those things if my peers of color hadn't brought it to my attention. So I feel like there is still a lot of subtle racism that needs to be weeded out. That's true. That is very true. Yeah. That's really good that they brought in Yeah, that's pretty There are people fighting, trying to fight the good fight. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Really cool. I did I did want to hear one of your uh, stepmom jokes. Can you give us a stepmom joke? <laughs> oh, that's a good stepmom joke. I always just come up with like the worst, stupidest joke that I can think of and then do it on TikTok. So <laughs> do you have a if you have a really bad PG joke and you give it to me, I'll do it on TikTok for you. Oh, I have like five more in my drafts. I don't want to give away. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, I don't have anything that comes to mind right now. Claude, do you have anything? If it does, though, email it to me and I'll put it on my TikTok. Yeah, because yeah. I see you doing like stepmom word, jokes. Like, like, I want them to be like groaners. You know what I mean? Like, like, like it, a dad joke, like where you're like, ah, uh, come you on. You know, like, <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, so I did hear one of the uh, interview where I heard porn stars talking about scenery before this like the scene like uh like um the type of like the environment like snacks and everything like that i didn't i never thought about it but that is good to have snacks and certain type of snacks too so like i can see how if somebody have like i don't know like what's a bad snack or what's bad food for you like what pizza is that normal bad for me like for me like imagine you're at least on set for like eight hours, maybe. So like mm-hmm. as a woman, you're one of the first to arrive. You go in hair and makeup. That takes an hour or two. Then you get this full set of photos taken of you. Then you do like a little dance that they put to music later on, you know, and then finally you get to like the talking part and the fucking part. So you can be on set for a while and you don't want to get, this is, I'm just going to say it like, so because the sex comes at the end, I don't mm-hmm. want to get so full that if I'm like choking on dick, I'm going to like, heaven forbid, like throw up on throw someone up. Yeah. or like gag on someone like that or like look bloated in my photos, like have like a big food baby. So like it's sort of a delicate balance of maintaining a good sugar level with like fruit, light vegetables, healthy snacks, you know, for me, small things like that. You know, and then like also not eating so much that you like vomit on your talent or fall asleep. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's a well. I feel like if I'm going to get down and busy, like I'm gonna get some fruits and like I'm not gonna eat nothing heavy where I might yeah. like, right. throw you up or something. Or like, like you fart yeah. on someone, I would. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I would die. I would actually probably die. Some people have a fetish for that though. Okay, like if they wanted it, then I wouldn't be ashamed. But like otherwise, I'd be like, I'm so sorry. Sorry, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I know you said you had a you had a goal too, so I don't really want to hold you up. Yeah, I um, have I have an another. I don't know why I schedule myself like this, but I have another podcast. So. <laughs> But no worry, we'll get we'll definitely get you on. Um, I do oh, want to yeah. make sure uh, let everybody know where they uh, they can find you. And let's make sure we stay in touch. Um, maybe yeah. after this, uh, we can get like a group chat going on or something like that. Hell yeah. And and I expect stepmom jokes from you. 
I will not All let right, you gonna off think of a, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to think of a couple. I'm going to think of a couple. Yes, please. All right. So the best place to reach me is my Instagram, I would say, which is Cherie Deville, X-O-C-H-E-R-I-E-D-E-V-I-L-L-E-X-O. XO guys. Yeah, and you're I got the other one and then the one after that and then the one after that shut down. But this one, <laughs> this one Dang. has been up for a while. <laughs> Why you keep getting it shut down? Because I'm a bad girl. I'm naughty list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you on Santa's uh, naughty list this year? Permanently, I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of this, this is going to come out before Christmas, but um, what are your plans for Christmas? Well, normally I see my family, but, you know, my parents are older and my sister has younger kids. So I'm, you know, just like Thanksgiving, we'll probably do like a big Zoom Christmas morning kind of thing, sending all the gifts by mail. Hmm, what are you going to do? Yeah, you can't do nothing about it. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, trying to, not trying to get my family sick. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Um, are you single right now? I am single right now. Are you ready to mingle? I am ready to mingle. Well, if if maybe once I'm vaccinated, then I'm ready to mingle. Vaccinated? Oh, no. <laughs> Don't talk to Clark about vaccination. Uh, well, I mean, it's safe. <laughs> well, whatever, whatever it is for you that makes you feel confident yeah, exactly. and safe, you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. So, uh, I had somebody tell me the other day, they're like, I'm not going to be the first group of people to get vaccinated because those are usually the test dummies and something's going to happen. <laughs> Well, luckily they've already done extensive human trials, so hopefully they have it honed in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you for coming on. Oh, Chloe, you wanted to ask something? No, I was gonna say, like, really, you know, thank you for uh, coming on to our podcast because you could be doing anything. I always t- say that to everybody. Oh, but yeah, you could have done been doing any anything else. I could be masturbating right now. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. Bye. No. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Seriously, it was a pleasure.